What is happening, beautiful souls? Welcome to another episode of the New Perceptions Podcast with me, your host, Ben Brown. And today, um, I say today, I mean like this year, because I'm obviously pretty inconsistent with these podcasts at the moment. Um, I'm glad you're still tuning in. This podcast is with such a close friend of mine. Her name is Tatiana Lucia, and Tatiana is... um, She's a self-health expert and a hypnotherapist and just such a like incredibly deep and wonderful soul. She guides humans through unblocking their limiting beliefs and uncovering their authentic self and she does that with hypnotherapy and the way we actually met which we'll explain in the podcast so I actually won't explain that now but um, I did her, her one of her courses um, during lockdown we were introduced to each other via a, a mutual friend and we went pretty deep on the course and then we've just had this beautiful blossoming friendship ever since and a couple of months ago I back, got back to Cape Town and one of the first things I did was went away on a retreat with that was run by Tatiana and another close friend of mine Katul and Katul is an astrologer and um, she's incredible and so together they were running this retreat it was called the road to venus road to venus retreats that's um what they do together as a collaboration and so we're going to talk about that in the podcast we're going to talk about tatiana's journey and how she got to where she is right now and everything that she's experienced and um she really is a very wise and powerful woman so i implore you or i invite you to um yeah, just take a nice deep breath and drop into a bit of presence with this one so you can really listen to what's being shared. Uh, this was, we did this uh, podcast in person, um, which was so fun. So I'm, it's absolutely my favorite thing to do. I love to do like on Zoom and things like that, but in person, the conversation just goes that much deeper because we're literally opening such a beautiful portal together. Um, and I think we share some really beautiful wisdom and some stories to go with that so um, if you are interested in checking out Tatiana's work um, on Instagram you can find her Tatiana T-A-T-J-A-N-A underscore underscore Lucia L-U-C-I-A and I will link that in the description of the podcast as well ah <sighs> So that's the intro for me right now. I'm not. I'm going to actually do another podcast, a solo podcast, because I've been moving through so much recently that I want to share with you guys, and so much beautiful, exciting stuff that's happening. But for now, I will just drop a little. I will plant a little seed here, and I will say that if anybody who's listening to this podcast might well be interested in joining me on a retreat of sorts down here in South Africa let me just put it this way you're going to want to sign up to my email newsletter that's all the information I'm going to give you right now but if that's something that interests you I invite you to go over to benjam.uk forward slash newsletter or you can just scroll to the bottom of any page and you can enter your email address in there and then you will be on the list of um, where I will be sharing first the uh, new offerings that I'm going to be um putting out into the world and they're going to be uh yeah an invitation to come down to south africa and spend some time with me let's put it that way so i'm super excited about that idea that's in development at the moment um 
and I'm still coaching. I'm going to be coaching. Actually, uh, one of my coaching clients is in Cape Town at the moment, and we're doing some work together in person, um, which is so exciting and exactly just like where I feel the most called to be of service is like in person. Um, And if you're interested in coaching as well and coaching packages that I offer, please fill out the coaching form or the application form on my website benjam.uk oh and another thing the music that you're listening to i made that music i just i've been learning how to make a little bit of music and it's nice to be a beginner at something again and i love it what an infinite canvas music is wow um so yeah if you like the music send me a message and let me know I'm just messing around at the moment and just trying to figure these things out, but I'm making some music. It's super fun. And if you're not following me on Instagram already, um, my Instagram handle is at Benjam, B-E-N-J-A-M. So drop into some presence, take a few deep breaths and enjoy this beautiful share and this conversation between myself and my sister Tatiana. Welcome, Tatiana, to the New Perceptions podcast. We have a wonderful guest today, one of my closest sisters. We're chilling in your bedroom (laughs) in Cape Town, listening to the ocean outside soothe us, and we're about to drop in and have some wonderfully activating conversations, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy. So welcome to the podcast, Tatiana. Hello. And thank you for having me, Ben. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. We've been speaking about this for a while. And I'm just so, so happy we finally made it happen and that we get to just sit and chat about all things love, life and everything in between today. I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. And this has actually been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, it was, was it? It was pre-pandemic, or was it during pandemic? It was during we... pandemic that we connected um, mm-hmm. through Instagram, actually. Yeah. Um, through yeah. a friend of ours who connected us, Daisy, and mm-hmm. that sowed the seed for this beautiful friendship. So it's mm-hmm. been three years now of yes. just weaving in and out of each other's lives and sharing this path, and it's been a good ride so far. <laughs> yeah, we're having a lot of fun. Like Whenever so we connect, fun. we're like, why do we not spend more time together? This is ridiculous. We need to I hang know. out more often. I find, I, I find your presence to be so activating for so many exciting parts of yeah. like what's, what wants to come through in my life. And But just to rewind a little bit, when we did connect, mm. we went straight in deep. Oh, we went because so deep. I, you took me on a one-on-one course mm-hmm. that, of your your tantra course. Yeah. That was called um, Sacred Union. Yes. Yes. And it's not called the Sacred Union anymore. It's not. It? It's just gone through a little rebrand as I have been shifting and transforming in the spaces that I hold. Um, maybe I'll give everyone a little background about I what good. I do. Um, so I started this journey um, about ooh, maybe six years ago now, properly. I think I did my first yoga teacher training in 2017. So yeah, it's been six years, crazy. And how um, old are you right now? I am now 26. Okay. Yeah. 
26 years young, just turned 26. Um, but my journey started with yoga. Uh, my journey actually started with really severe mental health struggles. I was living in London at the time. I grew up here in South Africa and moved to London to do my undergrad degree in psychology um, on a total whim. I, I finished school and I was like, I don't know what to do. So I chose the thing that sounded the least boring <laughs> and started studying psychology at King's in London and really, really struggled with my mental health. And the move over there from leaving like the comfort of Cape Town and home and community into essentially a huge city, um, being a beach baby and growing up in the mountains was the most confronting transition I think I've ever gone through in my life and really pushed me to confront a lot of things that I'd been able to run away from for a really long time. Um, and my move to London brought up a lot of my childhood trauma, um, especially around my sexual abuse, which happened at a really young age. and. I was kind of pushed into this vortex of healing and of having to confront this stuff and realizing that all the things that I was doing in my teens, the drinking and um, recreational drug use and all of the kind of things we normalize in teenage years were actually just a deep-rooted coping mechanism. Yeah. So spirit was like, okay, it's time now. Um, you got to face your shit. And I got to London and essentially was at the point of like, I'm either gonna drop out of uni and go back because I was so depressed and so anxious, or I'm gonna change my life. So I went to hot yoga every day for 30 days mm. and um, started working with an Ayurvedic practitioner and it changed my life. Wow. And that kickstarted this journey of teacher trainings and I studied meditation and sound healing and health coaching and pursued my masters in psychotherapy, which I just finished. And I'm now, I, I worked a lot in the Tantra world. So that was a big piece of my journey to heal the wounds around my sexual trauma and the abuse. Mm -hmm. And that's when we kind of met when I was deep in the world of Tantra and sexuality coaching. And yeah. I created this course that I guided you through. And I'm now slowly transitioning really into still running retreats. Um, I've been running retreats now for two years and you just came on one of our Road to Venus retreats, which was amazing. And we can chat a little more about we'll that definitely later. definitely chat about that retreat. That's um, but I've now fully just committed to working as a self-health expert. So helping people optimize their self-health in all elements of what self-health means. So their physical, emotional, intellectual, and creative, their social, their sexual, and their spiritual health. So working with one-on-one -on -one clients, with groups, with corporate clients, um, with this framework that I've created and interweaving hypnotherapy as the main tool that I work with to help people essentially unblock and unbecome all of the things that we're conditioned to be so they can meet their most authentic self. Beautiful. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like I, yeah. <laughs> um, so as you can tell, you're going to want to stick with this podcast and and hear some wisdom from Tatiana's got so much to offer and it's so interesting how the first thing I notice is that um like it's so it's a parallel with so many people that I meet who are in this space of service where they had a real like inflection point there was a transition point mm. where it was like actually I'm gonna change my life now yeah and yeah. you literally said it you're like I had a choice I could either go home with yeah and or I could completely change my life and for that, for you, you were saying that was like 30 days of hot yoga. Yeah. And, but 
but the intention was transformation yeah the intention was like this ain't working for me anymore yeah. so something's really got to change and mm. that little did you know i'm sure at the time was going to send you on this whole incredible exploration know. of all these other no modalities <laughs> so tell me about hypnotherapy a little bit more like because mm. that's one of the many modalities yeah um, i'm super curious around this because i've been working with um, a guy one of my friends who's been taking me just into these guided deeper meditations yeah. and on zoom and it's i've really been noticing how much more easy i've been finding it to uh, allow my um, subconscious mind to speak through my conscious mind yeah. and to see what's deep down that wants to come up without me actually going to sleep yeah and so I'm fully present for the whole thing but it's only when I come back out again that I realize how deep I was in yeah it so speak to me more about hypnosis it's an amazing modality and I hear this all the time where people are like oh my gosh I had no idea how deep I was until you come out uh, so I came to hypnotherapy as with everything that I've done, really for my own healing. Um, I The first time I ever did a session was actually when I was five years old. <laughs> um, because as a child, I had a bunch of little habits that were now, with hindsight, kind of a trauma coping response that my parents um, deemed as not being super healthy. So I worked with a hypnotherapist as a little child to work through these things and reprogram my mind. Um, and implement more positive behavioral patterns and it worked incredibly cool. one of the things that I used to do was sucking my thumb mm -hmm. and I always had this like blankie and it was actually like a safety blanket because yeah. I essentially felt quite unsafe not because of my parents I had amazing parents mm -hmm. but just because of the trauma that had happened to me outside of my childhood home mm -hmm. and um, yeah I came to hypnotherapy when I was a ba basically a baby um, and then did not come back to this modality until I was 21, 22. And it actually happened in the pandemic. I was living in Bali um, through most of COVID. And it just came into my field so strongly. Like within one week, I suddenly met like four people who were either going for hypnotherapy, had just gone for hypnotherapy, um, had just done a training. And all of these people had been doing sessions with this one, one woman in Bali. So I reached out to her and I met her, Steph, and I did my first three sessions with her and I was just blown away um, by how much healing could happen in such a short amount of time. And it was the first time that I was really able to see how intricate the subconscious mind is and how one single event is almost like a spider web of impact points that it has on different parts of your life. And the thing I most worked through in the beginning was my sexual abuse. I'd spent years in talk therapy trying so many things to try and heal and come to a point of acceptance and forgiveness and really seeing it as a catalyst for my growth as opposed to being in the victim role and I actually got there quite quickly through talk therapy but in doing the hypnotherapy I realized that that was actually a bypassing of my pain and that I was really actually still holding a lot of anger and resentment in my subconscious mind that I was masking through this, oh, I'm so grateful this happened to me because it means I get to do the work that I do and it means yeah. I get to support people. So through doing the hypnotherapy, I was able to come back to that pain to process it in a really self safe and held way and then to essentially reprogram my mind and rewire all of the negative beliefs that had stemmed from this, which for a long time I believed men only wanted me for sex. I believed that I wasn't worthy 
of being loved for who I was and that people always wanted something from me in return. I really struggled with my boundaries. I was hugely people pleasing all the time. And a lot of, I had a severe body dysmorphia actually also for many, many years. So I had a lot of things that had unfolded and a lot of my relationships with men were really um, quite toxic actually. Um, and through doing the hypnotherapy, I found that I suddenly now have just like this amazing network of masculine energy in my life. Most of my really close friends and the people I go to when I need support are men mm. and just such healthy embodiments of males. The relationship with my dad has improved. The relationship with my brother has improved. The kinds of men I'm dating are just incredible. And it's been like a 180 shift from what I experienced. So it really healed me and weirdly enough, in that first hypno session I did, my my therapist was like, we're actually doing a training here in Bali and I really think you should join. Mm. And this took me on this <laughs> two month journey of doing hypno every single day, really working through like the deep dark layers of my subconscious mind and meeting myself in a beautiful way. And then simultaneously doing a clinical hypnotherapy training with an institute in Phoenix in America. And since then I've just been obsessed and I've been guiding clients through this incredible process I've been trained in um, for, yeah, the past almost three years now, um, working in one-on-one -on -one contexts, um, interweaving it into the retreats I run, and then also working with corporate clients um, to support their business and their employees to really overcome blocks and move through things that are holding people back, whether it's self-worth, unworthiness, pieces, blocks around making money. I work with a lot of anxiety, depression, working with the emotional root causes of physical illnesses. I have a lot of um, clients who have autoimmune conditions, allergies, these kinds of things, and really seeing how no matter what problem we're facing in life, it's rooted in our subconscious mind. And when we can harness the power of the subconscious, we harness the power to heal and we can reprogram ourselves and essentially hack the system once we can work with the subconscious mind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's so it's that's so beautiful and there's so many things that I was trying not to interject with. So I was like just want to let you flow through that and um, thank you for sharing all mm. of that and for being open mm. um, to sharing. Um, where do I want to go from there? I'm curious around the link between your probably subconscious interest in mm. psychology, mm. then that coming into a deeper um, experience of your own mind mm. and your own subconscious mind. And, and is this like a mystery that you're also exploring out of like a level of enjoyment to it? Mm. Or is it... Um, purely for healing or is it just how you just happen to have arrived mm. at working with the subconscious mind it's definitely I, I always say to people I have a lot of um, people reaching out to me about my business and how I got to what I do and mm. um, how I got here and what was like my plan yeah and the first thing I always say is there was no plan in place yeah, just all unfolded. Um, it just unfolded I never thought I would be working as a coach I never thought that any of this would happen and it's just been this like magical mysterious path of mm -hmm. things coming up mm -hmm. um, and I remember the first retreat I ever went to was in Tuscany and it was a Tantra retreat and the woman who was facilitating the retreat looked at me and she was like you're gonna facilitate this work one day 
And I, w- I, I think I actually laughed in her face <laughs> because at that point I did not feel like I was yeah. able to do that at all. And fast forward, probably not even three months from then, um, I had just done a bunch of trainings with ISTA and was really in the Tantra world and was exploring so much healing actually while going through a stint of celibacy. So I wasn't exploring Mm. with anyone. I went through two years of celibacy while I was exploring Tantra because it was really a self-practice for me Mm. to heal and having any other energy in my field just felt kind of wrong. And I started sharing about what I was learning and the healing that was happening with people around me, with friends of mine. I was traveling through Europe at the time and I was just speaking and people started asking me to teach them. And I was like, what do you mean? They were like, can you not create a course or like a coaching program or something? And then one day I was like, okay, if I were to do this and I decided that I would maybe teach, what would that look like? And within 10 minutes, I had the whole sacred union course on an iPad. I was sitting on a beach in Mallorca and it just came through me. And that was actually the start of my business. And really everything that I've done since then has always been me going to it for my own healing and getting the medicine that I need and then really supporting people from a place of embodying that modality or embodying the medicine that it holds. And um, that's why actually I've moved away from Tantra now because there came a point about a year ago where as much as I love this modality, I realized that I was there for my own healing and Mm. I was doing it and was able to really support people in their own healing in that space through my own experience, but now have actually felt like I'm complete with this chapter. Mm. And as much as I love the Sacred Union course, I've now allowed it to become a course called Authentic Intimacy, which still has the core of Tantra at its center, which is deepening the connection to self and to others, but is now actually starting to use the key core pieces that was so powerful in that sacred union course and interweave them with my new or old, new old love hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. where it's a combination of these modalities that will allow people to understand what's keeping them blocked, understand why they have these unhealthy relationship patterns or why they keep finding themselves in the same cycle and then using the hypnosis piece to actually rewire the brain and reframe Mm -hmm. the mind. So it's a really exciting space and I'm so happy to be stepping into this kind of new chapter. Mm -hmm. And I think at the core of all of it is that I just love humans and that I'm just so fascinated by the way that the mind works and that nothing makes me happier than sitting and listening to someone's story and helping them to unravel the patterns and also give them the hope Mm -hmm. that like I'm sitting here right now and I'm the happiest I've ever been Mm -hmm. even though the past year of my life I told you earlier like it's been the hardest year where I've been confronted with um illness in my family and one of my best friends Mm -hmm. dying really unexpectedly and going through two horrible breakups and just so many things have happened that have been really fucking hard but through all of that I've stayed within myself and And you feel like this is the work that you've done or the exploration and the work that you've done in terms of all of these different modalities and to be honest, you're so embodied with what you teach. Mm. It's always the experience that I have of you. It's like, you know when someone is speaking and the tone of what they're saying is either embodied or it's not, and you mm. can kind of tell. Like, yeah. um, <clears throat> I can certainly tell when I'm listening back to a podcast that yeah. I've recorded. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know how to 
talk the talk, but I'm actually, the tone is giving away that I'm not fully walking that walk. Yeah. So curious around, like, the feeling of, like, being called into a modality for your own healing and then t- and then sharing that as medicine. Yeah. Um, as an embodied medicine. And then now the evolution of all of that into a different offering, but at the same time, the embodiment parallel to the experience of what you teach the embodiment has also evolved yeah it's like would you have been able to move through the things that you're moving through with such grace and actually probably growth and benefit from the challenges that are coming at you through life if you hadn't have done all of this work and embodied it to begin with so I feel like as we for me especially um I mean I can only speak from my own experience but all the times that um, I've committed myself to doing something specific that I know is going to help me, like a mm. calling from within to either get on the yoga mat for 30 days straight or start doing ice baths or commit to doing breath work every day or whatever the thing is that I feel like is calling me that I know is benefiting my health and my life. The momentum that builds through that and the whatever the thing is in my life, the, the threshold that, that helps me move through builds like a strength of character yeah. within me as well where it's like, okay, that's now a tool that I have in my belt yeah. for life. And then it, I find as I begin to um, listen to the invitations of life to really start like not and wrestling's the wrong word, but like playing with yeah. life again and like getting back in the arena and and actually really listening to um the callings of the things that want to be created and not just sort of take a back seat but really get involved and stuck into life i can do it with a bit more confidence now that i've moved through a bunch of stuff and not just that i've collected up so much gold in these like shadowy Mm. moments of how to do it for myself i do it for myself and then i teach others to do the same thing and now it's like bring it on life yeah like that's the energy i get from you now is just like (laughs) yo there are things that will help me in my future that i haven't even learned yet and i'm cool with that too and just being super open to um experiencing more intimacy with life itself knowing that you've got the capacity to to sit to handle it it and, and do it fully it's really felt like that and someone asked me at the beginning of this year um, what is the biggest thing I learned in 2022? And it really was resilience. And for a long time, because I'm very sensitive, I'm a Pisces rising, so <laughs> I cry a lot. I'm very nostalgic. I'm very romantic. I feel things so deeply that like a sunset can make me cry. Seeing yeah. dogs on the beach, definitely crying. Yeah. Um, but I always had this narrative around like I'm really not strong and I get overwhelmed quickly when there's a lot of energy going on and I've always struggled with the fact that I am just a very highly sensitive person. But this year has shown me that I'm actually so strong and that I'm so resilient. And there have been moments where I was really confronted with my whole life, everything that was stable really being stripped away um, from like illness really, really close to me and the people that I love the most to um, friends passing away. Another friend of mine um, had a stroke and also confronted with my own physical health, um, having struggled for a long time with essentially being considered high risk for developing cervical cancer and Mm -hmm. then being confronted with, and literally in the period of six months, all of this happened at once. And in that, it was the most beautiful moment of realization where I was like, 
everything is falling away right now and I'm really being forced to surrender and in that being like I feel more myself in this grief and this pain and this loss and this fear and uncertainty than I have ever before because mm. all of the stuff that isn't important all of the ideas I had of who I should be or want to be that fell away and it was really this like massive unbecoming and of stepping into like who am I beneath all of these layers mm -hmm. and I feel like that is now that I've had that I'm seeing that actually that is exactly what hypnotherapy does and I think that's where this like deep deeper love has come from in the past year where I'm like mm -hmm. we're not trying to become our most authentic self or become the highest version of ourselves we're unbecoming because we're already that there's just all of these layers of stuff that's plastered on top of limiting self-beliefs of conditioning of negative behavioral patterns and all of these things that actually when we unravel those and we unbecome all of these things that's when we get to the the soft core of mm. our humanness mm. and of who we are which is soft but so strong soft like but infinitely so strong, strong. <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's looking back on my journey i'd certainly and as you share yours mm. there's so many and i'm sure maybe even the listeners that are listening to this can relate um depending on where they're at in their journey but like there's a point where you start to recognize and realize the experiences that we're invited to move through in our life are actually um, at the blueprint for the unbecoming. Mm -hmm. They actually reveal who, more of who we are. And often that's through pain. That's through mm -hmm. grief. It's through being thrown a curveball in life. It's through this nagging calling to go do something that is completely rogue for your family yeah. like for your friendship group to like sell everything and get a backpack and go to mm. Nepal with a one-way ticket those kind of callings you know aren't going to be easy and sometimes you have the calling will be like come on come on come on and after a while the calling will just rip you out of your reality and put you where it needs to be if you're yeah. ignoring a calling like that but um yeah sometimes the calling will be to get to know I like to say soul. Mm. So like the unbecoming and the embodiment of soul, it's like the unlayering and the pulling, pulling back of the ego yeah. and the, the stories and the um, sort of nervous system imprints from things that have happened to us that yeah. require the energy to actually be alchemized and shifted so that we can reveal more of the soul and get to know ourselves on a deeper level like that. And if you're ignoring those callings, they'll come in thick and fast occasionally to like whip you into, into place. But after a while, I begin to realize like, I'm, I'm not asking for suffering. In fact, the, mm. quite the opposite. I'm like doing a lot less that causes suffering for myself now. Um, but I'm also not shy of pain. Mm. Like I'm not shy to like go into those deeper layers because every single time I do it, the grief that I'm feeling really again reveals like a deeper aspect of myself which is it feels like um the other thing I want to say to that is that it people like to speak of it being like an ascension process mm. like this spiritual path because this is mm. the this is a the spiritual element to all of this life thing is um having experiences that cause you to go well who am I 
And if I didn't think I could hold that, yeah, I made it all the way through that with assistance. Like, what was holding me through that? Who was holding me through that? What's, um, what's guiding me even? Um, but yeah, the ascension process actually feels more like a descension process of the soul coming into the body. Yeah. And that requires space to be made. And so to be doing the work that you're doing and helping people make space for more of their soul to come mm. into their body and for you to also be doing that for yourself is just like, feel, for me, it feels like the most important work to be mm. doing and also the most fun. It fills my heart up and so often people ask me like, how do you feel about your job? And I'm like, it's not a job. It's a labor of love and you could give me any sum of money in the world tomorrow and I, if I never had to work a day in my life again, I would still keep doing this because yeah. I can really see how it, it touches the world around me and I think a lot of us have this idea of like to change the world, we need to like end global warming as a single individual or like do all these huge things. Mm -hmm. But I remind people that changing the world as a light worker or a healer or a space holder or just an individual really mm -hmm. is to positively impact and touch the lives of the people around you. And if you can inspire just one person, the ripple effect of that one person is huge. Yeah. And I think when you look at it through that lens, the overwhelmingness of, oh my gosh, like, am I, is there any hope? Is there any future for humanity based on the way that things are unfolding right now it can be easy to slip into this very pessimistic mindset of like oh there's nothing we can do anyway we may as well just yeah. give up and i remind people just touch the world around you touch the world around you with light and come back to love always because when we show up in the world from a place of love we cannot go wrong mm. and i constantly am supporting people and clients and choosing the path of love and choosing the path of fear and choosing love over fear every single day and realizing that when you choose love it means putting your ego aside when you choose love it means having a conversation even maybe when um, you're afraid of being rejected mm. it means jumping into that relationship even if the circumstances are not on your side because you believe mm. so deeply that the universe conspires in the most wonderful ways mm -hmm. to support you when you choose love. Be available for that magic. Be available. Just yeah. choose love. and Open if, to it. Exactly. And that's what I, whenever I'm faced with a decision, mm -hmm. it can be as small as, should I call this person right now or not? Mm -hmm. Or should I go on this date or not? Or should I travel to this country or not? I ask mm -hmm. myself, what would I choose if I was acting from love? Mm -hmm. And what would I choose if I was acting from fear? And I always choose love. Mm -hmm. And it's ended mm -hmm. me up right here in this moment. And yeah. that in itself is the biggest token of like, you cannot go wrong when mm -hmm. you choose love. And yes, your ego may get hurt for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's very possible. Yeah. And also, so I feel like it's a journey of, um, for me, it's been a journey of remembering what love even is. Mm. Like, what is it? Like, what does love feel like? What's mm. it meant to feel like? Because mm. I've been, I've had distorted ideas of what love should mm. feel like. And so as I familiar or re-familiarize myself with mm. what it actually feels like and mm. um, to be in the presence of love and mm. to be in my own presence of internal love and that inner resource um, then I've got a gauge 
and it takes a bit of time it's taken me a bit of time to like gauge where I'm at on a scale because I've had to like re-familiarize yeah. and like sort of put a line in the sand and be like oh no no this this is what mm. love feels like this is what deep presence feels like mm. this is what anxiety feels like this is what fear and grief and shame mm. feel like this is what pride feels like and really just sort of build a little bit of experiential intimacy with my own yeah. emotions it's beautiful um so that i can if if in any moment which is what a lot of this work all comes down to i can just go hmm. okay where am i at right now yeah like come back into my body mm. and check in and there doesn't even have to be like box or language or anything it's yeah. just a deep trust that my intuition uh, there's like a guidance system yeah. that is activated that has never been off that has actually constantly being fine-tuned through this work and through the more presence that I can cultivate in my own day-to-day -day sort mm. of rituals and it's never off mm. it's never off and the other thing I wanted to speak to on that is like choosing love definitely over fear it's that whole story of um, like you've got two wolves on your on the yeah. inside or it's like the <laughs> angel and the devil on the shoulder and um, you you can't just kick the the dark wolf out mm -mm. Um, but if you feed the dark wolf constantly with like well if you feed it it's going to be stronger than the light wolf yeah. so if I'm constantly thinking negative thoughts if I'm constantly making assumptions about worst case scenarios the dark wolf is just eating all of this up mm. and then by the time you come to um, be in a position where you have to make a choice or a judgment call or mm. a discernment over something in your life the dark wolf has been fed more than the light wolf mm. so it will come in and make a like a um, a distorted judgment over something mm. and the, meanwhile love and the light wolf is like oh, I haven't been feeding yeah. me enough recently so I'm now smaller it's, um, but to that end also not to not ignore the dark yeah, wolf to not ignore will that always shadow be there. yeah it's not like you want to cut it out in no, fact you... if you're feeling overwhelmed sometimes when i'm feeling overwhelmed with fear to allow myself to feel mm. overwhelmed with fear and not to be like oh love and light love and light love and light and just bring in the, with the rainbows and butterflies mm. the whole time because it's kind of like bypassing something that actually wants to be felt where you go down deep into those fears and there's maybe yeah. some alchemy there and then when you're in the depths of those fears certainly this is what came up for me on a mushroom ceremony recently is like going down into the depths of my deepest subconscious fears mm. which to name it were that are that like i am inherently actually not good for everybody around me mm. and that i'm really good at pretending that i'm good and actually people would be better off without me in their life this is like a deep wow, deeper yeah. subconscious story that's sort of like come from a, a deeper a deeper wound that comes up always in ceremony for me mm. and now I'm beginning to understand how that um, complex interrelational trauma is has its the where its roots are and all the different iterations of how it plays out in my relationships in my life and my choices mm. at the surface level so um in those moments where I'm being shown this by the medicine, um, 
that's when I call on the white wolf Mm. to come in. That's when I call on my unconditional love. That's when I put a smile on my face and I don't avoid the pain or try and get rid of it, but I Mm. sit there going, I love that too. Mm. Like, I love this part of me too. Mm. And always that's where the deepest alchemy comes through because it's like deep self-forgiveness for any judgment that I might have had around that part of me. Um, But there is a whole journey and process that is the perfect blueprint of our lives that take us to those parts. And so to have support from people like yourself with hypnosis, with just understanding what it means to have like a deeper intimacy and connection with ourselves. These are all the placeholders that I feel like the soul waits for Mm -hmm. in order to create a safe container for the experience of meeting those deeper parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's like... You can't just go straight in there. Mm-mm. There's layers and layers, and it's the gradual revealing, I suppose. Um, and I love this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many things I want to ask you right now. But you're so right, and it's like this acknowledgement. Like, the fear will always be there. We're human. To think that, like, we won't have fear and we won't be afraid, yeah. that's just silly. But it's like you're choosing which one are you going to let win, And how can you meet that fear? Like whenever I have fear coming up, I sit with the fear and I'm like, what am I afraid of? Where is this coming from? And a lot of the time it does go back to us repeating something that happened to us in our childhood. It's from zero to seven that most of our behavioral patterns, most of our beliefs, they're all imprinted because that's when our brain is at its peak development in terms of like it's so rapidly developing at that time that we are collecting all of these imprints about who we are what we are whether we're worthy whether we'll be successful how to make your money Mm -hmm. um and also picking up on relationships and i've seen it in my life how i have subconsciously recreated the patterns of my childhood in my adult life Mm -hmm. i have i grew up with um a, a lot of change my parents um, lived in South Africa with us but they worked in Germany and um, someone was always leaving in my life someone was always leaving and there was a lot of ups and downs and a big roller coaster but just also so much love so I realized that my whole adult life has been a repetition of this I have moved countries I think seven times in five years Um, I have often chosen to be in long-distance relationships with partners who live in a different country because it means I'm always saying goodbye to someone and that feels normal for my nervous system I and when I have lived in the same country I've gone traveling so I'm always saying goodbye I am amazing at landing in a country building a whole life and just as I get to stability I pack up and I leave so for me when I'm grounded and stable that doesn't feel safe I'm like, ooh, I don't know about this. Let me bring in what feels safe and normal. Is this like transience? And when I work through that piece of the transience, so many things have shifted and changed. And it is, we, we really, when we do this work, coming back to like this piece of fear, we are able to see why we are the way that we are. And once we understand why we have more compassion, And that's where I think this piece of integrating and allowing the fear to be there is there because you're like, I'm not some crazy person. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just acting this way because I'm the product of my experiences. And this is all coming from a place of the subconscious mind that I'm not even aware of. So now when I fall into my pattern of um, maybe being a little bit non-committal and sometimes quite like avoidant of stability and all the things that come with that, I'm able to be like, oh, okay, this is just this piece of me that is coming out. 
I see it, I appreciate it, I love it so deeply, but I'm going to choose a different way. And I'm going to choose the way of love. And I'm going to choose this way of, instead of running away from it and repeating that same pattern, I choose to break that cycle. And I choose to do the maybe scarier thing, which is to choose love. Because a lot of the time there is more risk, there is more vulnerability in love. There's fear keeps us safe. Whereas love is the unknown, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, that's what's scary about it is because it's the yeah. unknown. It's like staying with that. I think so many people are going to be able to relate to this on this podcast, mm-hmm. myself included, around just staying in what's familiar, even though the deep down you know there's like something not quite right here. And there's almost like a threshold I find, certainly when I'm working with my coaching clients, I'm like, there gets to these points where it's like, a threshold that needs to be moved through and that's when the anxiety starts coming up a little bit that's when the commitment mm. invitation gets very loud to like <laughs> no we're gonna like do you want to actually make this change do you yeah. want to actually commit to um becoming the next iteration yeah. of yourself because this is where you're going to have to let go of that thing that's so familiar to you mm. whether it's like an addiction to weed or tobacco or there's a any number of addictions actually it's really just like letting go of like what's super familiar and it might well be chaotic mm. and you might it might be a pattern that's just like maybe in re- getting into chaotic dramatic relationships that always leave you in tears yeah. and it's so easy to point the finger and be like yeah these people like, like men are terrible or women are crazy mm. or whatever the mm. thing is and then then you start to say okay hang on a minute i'm going to take a step back i'm going to recognize this pattern that's playing out here and i'm actually addicted to the chaos yeah. And that was that was the true story for me. It wasn't necessarily in relationship that I was addicted to chaos, but anywhere I could get it. Yeah. <laughs> like it, when things got really calm and comfortable not comfortable but uncomfortably calm actually, yeah. when things got very stable in my life, that's when um my that the story is like, "Oh, but uh where am I going to get my energy from if it's um, if it's not like a little bit chaotic yeah. and so I'd say yes to too many things so I was a little bit stressed and then I'd run off anxious energy and then I'd get my coffee in twice a day and then and then suddenly everything that I'm creating and the reality that I'm experiencing is infused with this like slightly distorted mm. like need for something outside of myself and <clears throat> I don't know where exactly where I was going that but like to to full circle it's coming back to the the familiarity and the thing that I think so many people connect upon yeah. connect through is this um, being able to relate to the unknown being scary and mm. the familiar being um, comfortable mm. and that the, there is a threshold for example with me whenever I'm taking a break from weed because I'm recognizing that it's actually becoming slightly abusive and yeah. it's actually just holding me back a little bit from um a more expanded expression of myself that wants to come through um there are moments where i'm like i feel fine it's like seven o'clock in the evening everything is great i've had a wonderful day and there's a part of me that's like so should we roll a joint then Mm. and it's like "Mm, well we could um but remember you're committing now to like taking a break from it and because there's this work and this thing that's coming up and then it's not even really a a very easy to recognize dialogue that goes through my head but it's more just a feeling of like what's wrong with just having an early night and reading a book and then being comfortable with that Mm -hmm. and then the, the inner rebel within me is like yeah but 
it'd be so fun to just like put some techno music <laughs> on and or, and so sometimes I meet myself in the middle halfway and I'll just like maybe have a hape ceremony and really mm. what I, what I'm craving is just like um to make some kind of ceremony out of my evening that's yeah. always what they're under but my familiar go-to would be to roll a joint mm. put some music on and just like lose myself into a, a deep soulful audiobook or something yeah now when it if I, my as i'm working reworking my relationship with cannabis i'm like okay well now i'm actually going to dance i'm going to stretch on my yoga mat i'm going to do yeah. some breath work i'm going to actually om and activate and mm. open up my voice box because i know that that chakra for me is like yeah. quite closed up but um there's always that fre- threshold if i'm really really fully honoring a commitment to like no yeah. weed for a month or no tobacco for a month or maybe some people it would be no alcohol for a month or no porn for a month or no mm. tinder or all of the external mm. validation things and all the things that i'm revealing myself in this list that I'm making right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me speak to my experience. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's definitely a, a feeling of discomfort. And as that discomfort comes up, it's like a portal mm. opens. Really, truly. And it's like, oh, is, is there a mo- an emotion that wants to be felt in this moment where um, what part of me is holding this part of mm. me? Like, am I consciously aware of um, the adult in me that's almost like a future version of myself that's like got his arm around this version of me and be like you can do this you've got this have yeah. I connected to a future version of me that's actually very proud of this moment yeah um, and is my inner child like a past version of me sitting here waiting to see what the outcome is going to be yeah. to see whether he can trust me still yeah or you know so there's like this whole dance that's going on from totally. the subconscious mind around yeah. inner child future probable selves like infinite probable parallel universes (laughs) like how do we how do you hold all of the mystery Mm. of of all of it and um do you also have a there's two questions like how do you hold the big mystery how do you hold the mystery of life do you have the mystery of life do you have another 24 hours (laughs) yes we do we can just go straight into that um and do you intentionally do inner child work what does that Mm. look like for you yeah, one of the biggest things that were coming through for me while you were sharing is this differentiation we have in society between being alone and being lonely. Okay. And I think a lot of the things you were speaking about there, whether it's the tobacco or the alcohol or the Tinder or whatever it is, is a lot of the time, and I see this with probably 80 to 90% of my clients, all of these coping mechanisms we have are ways that we are trying to escape being lonely Mm. and a lot of people will often ask like do you ever get lonely um especially because i do actually choose to spend a lot of time alone like when i'm home in cape town i'm very social and i love being with friends but like in amsterdam i live quite an introverted life like i'm at home alone a lot i love just being in my own space because i recharge when i'm alone too Mm. And um, people ask me, like, do I ever get lonely? And I say, you know, I think I love being alone. And when I'm feeling lonely, I realize that I feel lonely because I'm not connecting to self. Mm. And when I connect back to myself, loneliness turns into I'm choosing to be alone. And that is beautiful because I am my own best friend. Mm. The most important relationship we will ever have 
is the one we have with self. And whenever I do have moments of being lonely, I'm wanting to do the same things, reaching out to friends to go for a drink or um, to outsource feeling whole. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are my practices to coming back to connection within who I am? And dance is a huge one for me. Whenever I feel lonely or I have this feeling of like, oh, should I watch a movie? Oh, should I do this? Oh, should I do that? I come back to dance. I come back to making art. I love painting and ceramics. Um, I might journal about what is coming up for me. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time the distractions is trying to distract yourself from emotions that are coming up because you don't feel like you have the tools to sit with them. But then when you do actually sit with them, you realize they are not so scary and even when they are really scary and really hard like I had moments last year after my friend passed away where I was so deep in the trenches of grief that I genuinely was like I don't know if I'm going to pull myself out of this one I was I couldn't get off my couch I couldn't eat I couldn't function um and it was the probably the hardest hardest period of my life that I've had to go through but even through all of that there was this and I think this connects to like the mystery of life question there was this deep knowing that I was going to be okay and that no matter what was going to happen next um, and I was then confronted with like potentially people really close to me dying from illness there was this deep sense of like as hard as that would be and as much as it would break my heart if that is what is going to be I will accept the reality of that and one of my teachers, um, I went and worked with her right at the beginning of my journey, Byron Katie. She has this beautiful saying of like loving what is, accepting that no matter what space you're in, no matter how hard it is, you cannot change it. You, the only thing we can choose to do in life, like we cannot control what happens to us. We cannot control our past, our trauma. The only thing we have actual control over is how we show up what path we choose to take. Do we choose to become the victim to our circumstances, to our trauma? And I look at like my own path, I could have chosen a very different route. I could have slipped way deeper into the booze and the drugs and all of that when I was 19 and I was confronted by my trauma. And I know right now I would be in a very, very different place of my life. Or do we choose to allow these horrible things that really shouldn't happen to anyone? No one should ever go through abuse. But do we allow that thing if it does happen and we have been handed that card to deal with in this lifetime as a soul, do we allow that to become a catalyst for growth and to show up in a bigger way? Mm-hmm. We can control the way we respond. And that's been my biggest kind of, I guess, reason for doing all of this work is being able to say, I'm going to choose the path of love and of wholeness and of connection to self so really for all the listeners realizing that when you do have those moments of feeling lonely asking yourself how do i connect back to me how do i build this connection is it through dance is it through meditation is it through journaling is it through climbing or going out in nature or swimming in the ocean or cooking a meal or spending time with someone you love who fills you up Mm -hmm. there are so many ways that we can connect back to ourselves that are internal and that are about us um, that actually require no one around us. Um, So it's really about like looking at like, what am I needing from other people and how do I give that to myself? Mm. And not placing that power to feel better, to feel held and supported into the external world 
and being like, oh, this is what I would want from my partner or my friend or my parent or whatever. How do I give that to me? And that is the inner child work. Empowering. Empowering yourself. ourselves yeah. and really looking at like, what does that little part of me, what does my heart need? Mm. And how do I give that to myself? And that really is the core of the inner child work that I do with myself, like what needs are not being met right now and how can I meet them first mm -hmm. before looking to the outside world mm -hmm. and reparenting that inner child. And when I've had a really hard day, of course I would love to come home to a partner who's run me a bubble bath and cooked dinner for me and mm -hmm. will just like hold me in that. And that's all I really wanted last year when I was going through this grief, but I actually went through a breakup um, as this grief was happening and as I'd lost my friend. And it was the most brutal way of me having to learn, like I can hold myself through this. And when I needed that, when I wanted the bubble bath and the hugs and all of that, I was giving that to myself. Mm. I was pulling myself up off that couch. I was running myself a bubble bath. I was doing the meditations. I was cooking myself the meals. I was holding myself while I wept myself to sleep for months. I had nightmares. I couldn't sleep. I was crying when I woke up. I was crying when I went to bed. It was horrible. But with every day that I held myself through that, I was with myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized that like, I can do this and I can rebuild that connection to self. And that allows you to take the expectations you have of other people and the expectations you have of partners mm -hmm. um, and, and realize that like, when you're giving that to yourself, it's not so important who is coming out and you're essentially showing up as the love you want to receive. And when you show up as the love you want to receive, that love will also come in because now you're a vibrational match. Mm -hmm. Your frequency is calling that in. And as a result now, like since really embodying, I can hold myself and I can be with myself, mm -hmm. the people that have come into my life are a reflection of like, they will hold me as deeply as I've held myself. And now that mm -hmm. I can hold myself deeply, they are willing to hold me deeply too. Wow. And that's just been incredible yeah. to to see. Mm. Um, Do you feel like that's um, a vibrational match? Because, I mean, you said that they also be able to hold themselves mm. through that kind of thing. It's not like you have to go and get qualified for it, but no. it's just an experience yeah. of that self-intimacy where it's like, I'm not actually going to lean on alcohol to yeah. help me through this period. I'm not going to... Um, distract myself with Netflix I'm not gonna like actually pretend that this pain isn't very real and be with it and go through those move with those waves of grief which is a huge surrender experiment totally. I found for me anyway mm -hmm. the first few times that I really experienced like and the, it get, just gets deeper and deeper the grief mm. gets deeper and deeper and I'm less scared of it um, yeah. and I feel it more intensely each time and each time I, um, it's like my, I won't be taken into that space unless I've already created the safety of the container for myself yeah. because it's like in a, that inner child work each time it, it's like, he's there watching me like saying, thinking, how's he going to handle this one now? Yeah. <laughs> and because previously you've just gone and got super stoned and yeah. then smoked loads of rollies and just like escaped and used porn mm. and stuff and so the inner child's there for all of that too mm. and now it's like oh is he he seems to be doing it differently these days maybe i can trust him a little bit yeah. more and as the trust is cultivated then the inner child shows you more places where you need where he's inviting me to come and um actually 
hold and process and alchemize some of the emotions that he couldn't handle when he was little Ben was around. Yeah. He's like it was all way too much for him, so he sort of dissociated out of his body yeah. quite a lot when he was a kid. When I was a kid, as it was like someone that's not. <laughs> when I was a kid, I dissociated a lot because yeah. so sensitive, such a sensitive kid, and like um, people pleaser, like wanting to. But um, now. It's like I do the heavy lifting for him now, yeah. and it's the ho- there's a whole process that I'm sure mm. you're familiar with, in that you take your yeah. people, your clients through your own process. But something that I re- refer back to in the simplistic way is um, Tara Brack and her mm. rain process of mm. like being with an emotion, and the R is. Um, what is the R? <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> It'll come to me. Releasing maybe. Um, recognize 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 allow investigate nurture mm. and I was hitting in the beginning of my journey I was like okay now I've got some emotional awareness I recognize that I've got mm. some grief coming up and I, I've got the A of allowing that grief to move through me I'm mm. so proud of myself in this moment mm. I'm celebrating myself um, I can do this I'm a Pisces I like to cry yeah. it feels so good afterwards I've got such clarity I'm beginning to familiarize myself on my journey this is like over the mm. last five years basically mm. but particularly in the beginning it was like just familiarizing myself with what it actually feels yeah. like to feel deeply and then the investigation part is where I get a little bit carried away mm. so I'm like okay let's figure this one out like where did this come from and that's where mm. it gets a bit heady mm. and then we need to drop back into the body to continue feeling the yeah. feels but then the most important part that I was missing in this whole process of like grieving and inner child work where my where my inner Ben my little like nine ten year old we'd get to the end to nurture because after you move through something imagine your child moves Mm. through like a big emotional release and just needs to be held just needs to have some food made early night and just as if you would look after your little kid I'd go through that whole process and I'd be like, whoa, yeah, I'm doing my healing work and then roll a joint. Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, oh okay, so it's yeah. not quite the full package yet. Like, mm. we can sit with these emotions. But and then my inner child was like, it's too much for him. I'm too much. Mm. And then my inner child is like, oh, I, yeah, it, just, it must be a lot if he has to go smoke a joint after yeah. I've expressed my emotions. So then it sort of closes off a little yeah. bit again. but. It's beautiful because actually that's the exact process I take my clients through in hypnosis. In hypnotherapy, we essentially the way that like a session works is you would come with a limiting belief or a behavioral pattern that's coming up. Something that you recognize. Something that you recognize or even just like I have a lot of clients because I start my sessions are three hours. So they're quite long when it's a one on one. And the first hour is a pre-talk that I do with people. So Mm. you could, for example, come and be like, this is what's happening in my life. And we spend that first 45 minutes to an hour really unpackaging what is at the core of that? What is this like root sentence belief um, behavioral pattern we're going to work with? So say we're working with not being worthy of receiving love. In the hypnosis, it then works like a meditation. You, I then guide that person into a state of deep relaxation where they're then able to enter those alpha, theta, brainwave, um, that frequency where you're accessing the subconscious mind, which holds all of the memories of everything that's ever happened to you. But you're still um, aware. You're, you're still, still totally aware. aware. You're not, mm-hmm. we're, we're in communication the entire time. You're speaking to me through the session. Mm-hmm. And then once you're in this space, we then go to the root cause of this belief. 
So we'll go to whatever age you are at that the first time you ever felt this feeling of not being worthy of receiving love. And then we work with, let's say, three-year-old Ben. And then you, 34-year-old Ben? 30, 37 next 30, month. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. you, you don't look a day older than 34, babe. I love you. Um, 37-year-old Ben um, then yeah. goes to three-year-old Ben and actually picks up three-year-old Ben. And your mm-hmm. subconscious mind is seeing, feeling. You're there. You're holding this three-year-old. Mm. And then you are speaking for three-year-old Ben. And you would call forward the person or you're in this situation, you're in this memory where, for example, say it was a teacher at school who told you you're not worthy of receiving love. And then you're working with recognizing that emotion and allowing it to be there. So three-year-old Ben gets to express everything he's feeling. He has this whole conversation with this person. He allows all of those emotions to move. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine this is a hugely cathartic process for people because a lot of the time, we store these memories and these emotions and the reason why the trauma is in process and it continues to impact our lives is because the emotion is trapped. So we're releasing that emotion by allowing it to be there. And sometimes this process can take an hour and a half to two hours. Mm -hmm. I have clients that will cry or they'll laugh or they'll scream or whatever it is, but the emotion moves. And once that emotion has moved, we then actually step into understanding why that person showed up the way that they did. So you understand why, for example, your parent wasn't supportive at the time, what was happening in their life. From your current consciousness. From your current consciousness. So it's called the Gestalt therapy in the process. So you step into their energy and you're actually channeling almost what was happening in their life. So for me, this was hugely healing because I was able to see that the person who abused me did so because he was abused as a child and he learned that that was what love was. And that was how he was showing love. So this was his way of actually showing me he loved me. So it was hugely healing because it allows you to also step out of hating that person and into a place of empathy. In no way do I think what he did is right, but Mm. I'm able to forgive him because I can see it wasn't from malicious intent. And if it was from malicious intent, we go through a cord cutting process with um, that person and we we leave that in the past Mm. and we then do a whole power back at the end of this process where you are calling back your energy from that person you're calling back the power you gave to them the responsibility that you gave to them their essentially authority in your life to make you feel a certain way Mm -hmm. and you send back all of their power to them all of the pieces that you hold of theirs that are not for you to have and you can do this with a parent with an ex-partner with a Mm -hmm. boss with whoever you need to and then at the end of the session we then re-script the situation we allow you to see three-year-old Ben showing up in the most authentic, aligned, empowered way. Mm -hmm. So three-year-old Ben would look at the teacher, for example, and say, I don't agree with you. I think I am worthy of receiving love. Mm -hmm. And then you merge that stronger version of your inner child, that version that has released all of the fear and the self-worth issues, and you merge him into yourself. So that he is now in you, he's integrated and you spend some time nurturing him. Mm-hmm. And then we close the session with a meditation. And then after the sessions, I provide my clients with a continual integration hypnosis where 
all the big pieces that we worked on in the session um, are anchored in. So it's a guided meditation they do every day that really allows their brain to anchor that in. So it actually is so in alignment with that brain process of Mm -hmm. recognizing, allowing, investigating where it's come from and then nurturing Mm -hmm. it. Beautiful. So it's just such so an incredible process. So you like the smallest emotion that's coming up mm-hmm. that you want to honor, to allow to move through you for any human at any yeah. moment. Just like go take five minutes for yourself. Whether that be like go and sit in the car for a little bit, but it's not always the most convenient time to like go and be with an emotion. But that same process, that's like a, a miniature version of the full deep Journey, hypnotic yeah. process that you take people into. So it's all doing the same thing, really. It's like a reconnection to yeah. self holding that inner child and ultimately like bringing a new uh, current consciousness perspective to old stories and to not necessarily like you say to forgive a person for Mm. something that they've done and that's not a bypass of any anger Mm. that might want to be coming through but this is like um, um, just a different different modality a different way of like perceiving the experience and as you're explaining all of that, it really made so much sense to me in my own experience of being in uh, guided meditations and hypnosis mm. and even just the way I take myself into deep breathing with some um, different binaural beats on and see what comes mm. up and just playing with energy in that like space of like s- timeless space where the subconscious sort of um, merges with the conscious and the imagination of how I envision or or the memories that are mostly me tapping into my imagination about what happened to people because I'm or what happened to me yeah. in my past previous time here it's like I'm using my imagination to actually create um more intricate memories and it's like how often are those changed yeah. like what actually happened how did I actually feel so to be guided into that deeper space is such mm. a powerful thing to do and I can tell that you love doing it as well. Mm. You love taking love people into so these spaces. Much. And you're such a natural... You've got such a big heart. I mm. always feel so much love and <laughs> presence from you whenever I'm around you. So I can only imagine that more of that yeah. comes online when you're actually doing this with people. Do you find that there are aspects of yourself that you get to meet in this work mm. as well that are also revealing themselves to you through the work that you do totally totally I think I've really allowed myself to really meet these parts of me and this like depth of love and care that I hold for people that I really didn't know was there and I, I connect so deeply to all of my clients I really do often in sessions when I'm holding space for them I feel their emotions through my body even online I do Mm. 95% of my hypno sessions online Mm. because I have clients in the States and Australia and um, Europe and I I am moving around quite a lot so I always say if people are in the same city as me by all means we do in person Mm. but working online is amazing because people do it from home Mm -hmm. so they don't have to like get in the tube or get in their car Mm -hmm. I remember when I did my training in Bali I'd be like driving home from a session crying on my scooter and actually doing it from home is amazing but even when we're like 10,000 miles apart I feel their feelings of course and I'm very deeply connected and a lot of the time it brings up my own things in a really beautiful way so I I am able to hold space for them in such presence and such love and non-judgment as to whatever comes up um and it's just been such a beautiful beautiful journey of seeing that and then also like 
having that depth of connection that I do check in with my clients a couple of months or a year down the line. Yeah. And one of the most beautiful things about this modality for me has been that it's not an ongoing process. It's something that I literally will speak to my clients and they'll do three, sometimes six sessions with me if there's a real deep rooted issue or there's some PTSD or whatever. And then they're kind of done. Mm -hmm. And then I'll message them like a year later and they're like, oh my gosh, you won't believe it. Like I got the job, I'm in a great relationship cool. and things are so good. And I think back to like what mm -hmm. space they were in in the beginning and where they're at now. And it's like you do the session and people are like, should I journal? Should I? I'm like, no, you don't need to do any of that. You've done the mm -hmm. work. You put in the three hours, your brain is rewiring itself. Mm -hmm. Let sleeping dogs Almost lie. The less, the better. The less, the better. Let it integrate. Let's do another session in a couple of weeks. Let's mm -hmm. just see how you feel. But I literally, I don't let people work with me for longer than six months Cool. because I really believe so much that like there's such a narrative in mainstream psychology that people are broken that they need to be fixed i know mm -hmm. people who have been in therapy for like six or seven years mm -hmm. and for me i'm like yes there's a lot of value in digging up the past and doing the traditional psychotherapy mm -hmm. but it's like how are we empowering those people to be better mm -hmm. how are we empowering them to stop being dependent on a therapist outside of themselves how do we hold space for them to tap into their own inner healer get them onto their own two feet as quickly as possible so that they can go out there and do their thing. And then sure, like I go and see my hypnotherapist once a year, once every six months when a new little piece comes up and I'm like, oh, there's a little something that was mm -hmm. hiding deep in there. Let me work on this so I can keep growing and evolving. But it's not something that you're going like every two weeks for four years. Yeah. Like you do it and then it's done. And I'm so like that. Like, that's why I love mm. working with plant medicine as well, because you go, you have this incredible transformation and this experience and this activation, and then you move on mm. and you come back to it. Like between my two last plant medicine ceremonies, it was a year and a half. Yeah. And I knew when I was ready for the next one. And then I went and did the next one. And now I'm like, I don't know when the next one will be. It could be next month. Yeah. It could be in five years. Whenever my soul feels ready for this next piece, Yeah. it will be. And I think that's really where I see this world of coaching and healing and, and therapy going is to like empowering the people yeah. and giving them tools and not making it this codependent process, yeah, for sure. but rather an empowered process of allowing people to realize that we're all self healers. We mm -hmm. have everything we need within ourselves. Me as a space holder, I'm just here to show you the tools that you have so you can put them in the tool belt. Yeah. And then you go out and you do your thing and you live mm -hmm. your best life. Exactly. And it's not even <laughs> just like you must do what I've done either. Like yeah. it's like, oh, here are definitely some foundational tools that mm. <clears throat> I use on a daily basis that have transformed my life. And the but let me not also be quite so arrogant as to think that I know exactly what you need more mm. than you do. Mm. And that's like um, where I'm at the moment with my coaching I'm like not pushing to get lots of new clients mm. in and just the people that I work with come to me as I actually call them in yeah. one at a time and I can uh, I learn so much through the process of going through this like eight-week program with them I learn so much about myself and my yeah. own process as well and how each time I'm open to constantly evolving and changing and adapting the way that I communicate mostly mm. about what it is that we're 
aiming for here like what is it that we want to get out of this collaboration together yeah and for most people it's like help me with my anxiety or like I'm I really want to make a big change in my life I'm like feeling a deep calling to do something um but it feels so overwhelming because I don't even know where to begin yeah. and so it's like okay don't worry about the external world for now we're going to go and do some internal work and get to know ourselves through all these different like deep breathing and like little guided mm. meditations i'm not necessarily uh, qualified to be taking anybody into a hypnosis space but i yeah. love doing like just intuitive guided meditations with people mm. as they're doing like some nice deep breathing and, and you're so great at doing it too you have the best voice yeah. <laughs> and the best <laughs> energy <you>. as well <laughs> just waiting for you to start running your retreats in the mountains so i can just I come and spend like a week in the mountains with you it's and just happening Oh, Don't tell everybody about that yet. It's a secret. <laughs> secret. It's a secret. No, but I um, it's it's such a pleasure and an honor to be actually just in the space of sharing the stuff that we mm. have figured out in a in a lot of ways, um, knowing that if even if this doesn't land for someone like someone immediately mm. and they they're not even like consciously aware of how much it's landed. In a, in a year mm. or two's time when they're like oh actually that was a really important piece for me and that, that that tool I've actually been going back to and using more frequently and just to understand the mind a little mm. bit better um, it feels really I know it feels in your nature also mm. to teach mm. and I think that's like a big connection that we have yeah. is like we both know that we have so much to share and we're learning I, I'm learning how to actually best communicate that um, in my coaching and yeah. in my connections with people um, and in these podcasts as well yeah. this has been such a big platform for me to activate this throat chakra piece mm. and learn and practice to be familiar with what it feels like to speak from my heart or speak from my head mm. and it's chalk and cheese a lot of the time <laughs> like <laughs> I can tell the difference immediately when yeah. I'm in flow and it's coming from a deeper place or when mm. it, when it's not and that's then practice also when I'm with my clients yeah. too. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I love it. I love it all so much. But there are some ev- evolutions happening right now that are quite extreme yeah. with my work. Mm. And it's beautiful to witness the evolution of your work mm. as well. And you've also got a master's in psychology. Is it? Yeah, what I did a it? master of science and medicine and psychotherapy with a specialization on psychosexual therapy so actually working in the realms of sex and relationships Mm -hmm. and sexual and reproductive health Um, so it was really great I did it through the University of Sydney um, and it was kind of like this final piece of that Mm -hmm. I've always said maybe one day I'll do my PhD if I find something I'm super passionate about and want to research but for now it's just been this like I'm complete with academia for now and now I just want to really work with clients and Mm -hmm. see where are the gaps and where can we support and um, yeah really just stepping into a place of committing to a framework and a modality Mm -hmm. and honing in on that Mm. um, as opposed to kind of having my hands in a lot of different parts and I love it because I'm so multi-dimensional and I mm-hmm. get bored and I love all of these different things mm-hmm. but I also have realized that there's so much power in centering your energy and pulling it in and that's kind of what I've done in my move to the Netherlands as well of living in Amsterdam now and being like this is my home mm-hmm. this is my base mm-hmm. this is what I do and I can move from there 
Mm -hmm. I'm from here, from this place of like, this is, I'm working as a hypnotherapist and the the self-help expert. From there, I can dip into other little things, but this is my, the core of who I am and what I do. And it's now filtering into the retreats as well. It's so beautiful. I've got a retreat coming up in May, the Road to Venus Mm -hmm. retreat with Kato in Greece, um, where we're going to start implementing this shift in both of our kind of um, journeys where what we're niching into is shifting and changing and that will reflect in that retreat and I'm doing another beautiful retreat in September just for women with um, a friend of mine Megan who's an EFT practitioner and a, and a matrix reprogramming specialist and she's all about the nervous system mm. so we're going to be doing a retreat on women's empowerment and um, essentially what it means to be a woman and the feminine energy and ancestral trauma collective trauma sister wounds building the connection to self through amazing workshops, but then also bringing in the EFT and the hypnosis to really reprogram the mind and Mm. unblock the things that are holding them back. And it's been amazing to see how the evolution is just so effortlessly interweaving with what I'm already offering. I was going to say, like, it's just like going from like studying that and what's it been six years. Mm. So quite a rapid evolution to go from like academia into your own healing into all these different modalities but like each time committing fully Mm. to it and being like no i'm going all in on this as if it's not going to evolve anywhere like in a sense like this is not the end game but just with a deep commitment to it which then activates the evolution of the next phase of it which is where i'm interested in taking the conversation now like you've already led it into the space Mm. of like retreats Mm. one on working not one on one necessarily but in person Mm. and on a piece of land with a collective intention being like you stepping into your masculine as well and like leading Mm. and like holding the container for that and also holding the and being the embodiment of all that you are offering as well which is so important in the in this work and um i had the pleasure of being invited onto your road to venus retreat with our mutual friend Katol, and <clears throat> that was four weeks ago yeah five weeks ago. end of jan so yeah end of jan <laughs> and it was exactly what i needed um mm. i was only in cape town like two or three days and then went came straight into the retreat with with Katol, and it was a road the road to venus retreats are astrology and astrology tantra and conscious relating but it is also beginning to shift so i bet i was gonna say what already yeah that was like the sixth one you've done or something yeah i think it was our sixth one we started Mm. them last year in april we did our first one in amsterdam and it was just like spirit was so in support of this container because then we had one in luxembourg one in italy one in south africa um, and now we've got this one coming up in Greece, which is yeah. just so exciting. Just while we're on that, how can people um, find how, Road to Venus? Yeah, get more information. Cause so we've got a website. It's roadtovenusretreats.com. I'll also link it in the show notes. And then we've also got an Instagram page. Um, it's at Road to Venus Retreats. Um, so come and check us out. We've got exciting yeah. retreats, one coming up in May in mm-hmm. um, Greece, in Mykonos, and one um, coming up at the end of the year as well in a secret location to yeah. to be announced still. And they're actually open to all genders. Mm-hmm. So it's a mixed space. Everyone is welcome there. And it's essentially slowly moving into interweaving um, EFT, hypnotherapy, shadow work, nonviolent communication, and a whole bunch of other beautiful tools 
to essentially help people to step into their most authentic self, whether that's in their relationships and their career and their purpose. Kato is an amazing astrologer, so she does blueprint readings on your soul's purpose for everyone who comes and it's just such an incredible space and retreats are just they make my heart so happy because mm -hmm. above all else it's healing and community and doing it together and yeah. um really walking the path with other people is yeah. incredible yeah but really walking like literally next to each other yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think that proximity is so important to be mm. going into a container like that um I've been, that was my first mixed retreat mm. that I've ever been on. And the only retreats I've previously done have been with Sacred Sons, which Amazing. I don't think you could even categorize as a retreat. Yeah. It's more of a men's gathering. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's certainly no like deep rest that mm. goes down yeah. the, on the men's retreats that I've been on quite so much. But it was really beautiful to, um, for it to be in a more feminine space. Mm. Um, but with also such a balance of masculine in mm. the space as well, even though there were more women there. Um, and knowing also maybe that was part of the reason I was invited in to yeah. like be another, have, have another masculine in the space. Um, but the workshops were so illuminating in so many ways. And you and Kato worked so well together. Um, I really look forward to witnessing the continued evolution mm. of the Road to Venus retreats for you guys because yeah. they, they're working and people are coming. And I, having dropped in with a few of the people that I met on the retreat after the retreat in the integration process afterwards, mm. such huge shifts are happening for people that at the time, it's like an inner transformational experience, maybe yeah. in breathwork or in, with plant medicine or that moment of like deep transformational illumination. Um, we always say it's, it's well known in this space, like the work actually goes down in the integration yeah. of it afterwards. So it's like you get a big hit of something that's very clear, but then it's slightly more subtle the way that integrates into your life. And everybody was just... The, the feedback that I've been getting from the people that I've been dropping in with is like, it's been so easeful yeah. to integrate everything that's happening. And I think that's um, a, uh, a, a reflection and a celebration of the way that you deliver the medicine, yeah. that it's not such a heavy, like massive whack yeah. and that needs recovering from. It's plenty and transformational and illuminating and... Um, but the integration process afterwards is like an ease for yeah. easing back into human life as well. That's beautiful. So, I love yeah. that feedback and it means the world. And I know Katz and myself are both just so grateful that we've been given the gift of being able to create these spaces and call mm -hmm. together people and just seeing the connections that happen. Like we had from our Amsterdam retreat, we had a group of the participants who came to Cape Town together now and did a trip over December and um i run into people actually that are like friends now after the retreat at festivals and stuff yeah. and they'll all be there together so it's beautiful to be creating spaces where people are meeting their soul family yeah and just trusting that like if if you're feeling a call to join one of these spaces dive in and take the leap because you never know what's going to happen and mm. like megan and i who are running the retreat together in tuscany in in september we actually met in a retreat and now we've been like soul sisters for mm -hmm. um, probably six years and we're running retreats together. And it's like, you don't know what this space is going to bring. Yeah. 
um, we're still hoping for a Road to Venus baby at some point. Yeah. <laughs> that a couple meets at Road to Venus and we can claim the first Road to Venus baby. So please, spirit, make that happen. Um, so yeah, if you're curious to find out more about the retreats, head on over to our Instagram. Cool. And have a little look. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I look forward to joining in with more in the future. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, to continue spilling tea, I look forward to creating my own retreat. <laughs> iterations of retreat <laughs> it will be quite different um but yeah that's that's something that i'm working mm. on behind the scenes at the moment mm. big time we're and very excited i'm so excited to be in person with people and yeah just guiding really mm. but that's all i'm going to say about that mm -hmm. for now um but tatiana where can everybody find you so you can find me on instagram it's tatiana t-a-t-j-a-n-a with a double underscore so one two underscores l-u-c-i-a lucia and then i also have a website which is tatiana-lucia.com and you can find everything on there all my offerings are on there all my retreats uh there's a whole write-up about hypnotherapy and the process uh, i always do discovery calls with people when they sign up to work with me to really drop in about their intention and whatever's coming up for them so if you are feeling the call and this conversation has made you feel ready to take a deeper step in fill out an application form on my website we can connect and chat and see how we can channel healing through this modality and help you to really step into your power and your self-worth and abundance and love and connection um, so mm. excited to hopefully connect with some of the listeners on this podcast and I'm excited as I'll be launching my podcast soon and we'll have Ben on there too yeah. so thank you for activating me in that space and reminding no, me listen, how you're so good at it how much I want to do this and how I can't wait to just keep having these chats with you because I love you so much and we just have the best time always yeah, yeah. yeah we should hang out more I know we should <laughs> we should and we will yeah, we will beautiful thank you so much for coming onto this podcast and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom and being so open and yeah I'm sure so many people have received so much from this medicine and if you, if you have Go and send Tatiana a message and say thank you very Please. much. Such a nice thing to do if you really receive something from mm. a from a podcast. Um, I don't need you to go and message me, but if you also feel like this, <laughs> share the podcast is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But to uh, also an invitation and a reminder to myself that when I listen to a guest on a podcast that I've never heard before and I've and I really connect with what they're saying, mm. to actually go through to their Instagram and send them a little message mm. just saying, "Just heard you on this podcast. Thank you so much." Um, it means so much to the person receiving that message because really these are like breadcrumbs on the trail of the universe taking mm. us in the, on our path you know so thank you for being here thank you for having me and thank you to uh, everyone who listens sending you love wherever you are in the world yeah, and hopefully so we'll connect somewhere in person or online soon um, and to many more podcasts yeah let's keep this flow <laughs> love it love it okay peace bye What a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Um, I'm so blessed to know Tatiana and to be doing some work with her as well. She really is one of those people where you're like, I'm, we're going to be journeying together in this lifetime for the rest of our lives. And I'm so grateful for that, actually. I have actually, I'm so, I've got so much gratitude for the incredible people that are in my life at the moment. And 
it was also my birthday recently and so usually on the birthday we kind of check in and we say what okay look at what's happened over this last year and actually this time I was like look at how far I've come over this last five years I, I don't I hardly recognize myself and my friendship groups completely changed my environment somewhat changed I'm completely different and I just really very grateful for the journey that I've been on and the journey that I continue to go on and so if you find yourself in a space at the moment I just want to reassure you if you're finding yourself in a spot where you're like things need to change things are being taken away from me uh, I feel called to maybe be in a different country or in a different work or just become someone else because this version of myself is I've outgrown this version of myself I just want you to know and trust that it, you can't get it wrong. Everything is unfolding. You just have to surrender. The only thing that you can do wrong in the whole situation is to try and grip on very tightly and resist the change that we're being invited to make. So here's my invitation. Let it go. Let the people go. Let the job go. Let it all go. And that which is really meant to be with you, that's really in service of your highest enjoyment and love and connection on this planet during this lifetime, that will stay. You can't fuck that up. Anything that is genuinely for your highest growth, you can't fuck it up. So let it go and see what stays and what comes back, you know? So thank you for listening to this podcast. If you feel like sharing it with someone, I'd really appreciate that. And if you could even leave like a little review and let me know if there's anything specifically for you that this podcast has helped you with, um, just write it in there. I'd love to read those through and I am sending you all so, so much love. I really am so appreciative of this beautiful community. Um, that's about it. Peace. <laughs>